Hello, good evening everybody, welcome to church tonight. So we're just going to quickly do an activity before we start church. So if you can stand up, stand up, yes, we're all Fano, Fano, Fano. Um, so we don't usually have the chairs like this, but it's a special Sunday, so they're like this. But what we need you guys to do is to come forward. So if you're like... Actually, I'm going to come down. All right. So if you're past this row here, can you please move forward? Come closer. Yes, because I want you guys to be close. Yep. (laughs) And come in. Yep. Just come closer. Yep. Um, These guys here at the end, just come in. Yep. Come closer. Sorry, guys. Yep. All right, and if you're coming in, you're not allowed past this row here. All right, like, wait, no, you you come in, come in, sister, come on. <laughs> yes, all these beautiful ladies. All right. Oh, look at that! Now I can see all your beautiful and handsome faces. All right. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna enter into praise and worship tonight which is awesome, like I love worshiping God. And yo, youthy bros, hey. Um, Together as a team, when we were preparing for um, worship, um, Michaela shared, um, she asked God, you know, what do you wanna do? And God said to her, just worship me. That's all you need to do. And like, that was like, wow, like, that's all Jesus wants us to do is worship Him, praise His name, give Him all the glory, because worship's not about us. Like, we can come into worship and be like, oh, I'm having a bad day, oh, like, my life is not great, or, you know, like, it's great, woo! But at the end of the day, it's not about us, it's about God. So when we are worshiping and we're praising God, it's all the glory to Him, we give Him everything. So Lord, I just thank You that You're, you're gonna do something incredible tonight. Father, I pray that we open our hearts, that we open our minds, Lord. And would the Holy Spirit just come and invade us, encounter us, leave us shaken, leave us on fire. Thank you, Father. Gosh, God is so awesome. So we're starting off with an old school song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. So um, if you know the song, which you guys might know, um, Give it everything. <laughs> All right, let's go. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and
Good evening. How are things? Is that all right? Great. Let's pray, eh? Father, I thank you that tonight we can take this time, we can turn our attention to you. And we do that. We place the week behind us, the week before us, the day we've had, we just push that off to the left and right. And we turn our attention, we turn our hearts to you. And Holy Spirit, you are most welcome in this place tonight. And tonight we ask that we would hear your spirit at work amongst us. That you are all wisdom. And tonight I ask that wisdom will be released amongst us. Father, I'm aware that Scripture says the first part, the first understanding of wisdom is that we fear you. And so tonight we come before you humbly, we come before you with expectation. We come before you looking for an encounter. We come before you understanding that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I ask that you would saturate every part of tonight. I ask that every person in this place tonight would encounter you some way, would hear your voice, would sense your touch, that you drop revelation into people's hearts tonight. Father, I pray over this next time that it really is a supernatural time in that respect. That we meet you, that we get to know you that little bit more. I pray. And I thank you that we can come and do that so freely in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you're doing all right. Fantastic. I couldn't help but sing every heart. What's that line? Every heart sings holy. Every heart sings holy. Have you thought what holy looks like? I think there's two responses to holy, isn't it? If you're a disciple of Jesus, you can't help but worship when you think holy. You think of the book of Revelation, it talks about the fire in his eyes and all those kind of things. And the elders, they knelt before the throne and they just said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. If you're a disciple of Jesus, it evokes something of worship. If you're not, you probably want to turn your head and hide. Well, that's all right too. But I pray that tonight you would encounter something of the love of Jesus. Tonight I pray that you would encounter something of the truth of Jesus, something of the wisdom of Jesus, and that you would allow his presence to really touch you in a deep way. Why don't you turn around and say hello to three or four people and introduce yourself. Tell them they're looking great. Tell them well done for coming out tonight. be with you tonight. This morning I was in Papakura in South Auckland at Activate Church there and it was great to be there with them. We had a good time. God is moving in that part of the country. Some great things, great vibe happening in the church there. It's really nice to be with them but it's nice to be home. Who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Birthday? Come on Aram. Joseph. Jan, I believe you need to come again as well. Happy birthday. Well done. When is it? Yesterday. Awesome. Happy birthday. When was your birthday? When, 
come on, 22nd, 21st. Great. Here comes Sean Routon. We're all, we're all going to have to wait for him because he tried to run away. Now it's uncomfortable, eh? Because we're all waiting. Happy birthday. Awesome, bro. Fantastic. Do you want to jump up on your feet? We're going to declare God's blessing over these wonderful people. Here we go. You ready? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday to you all. Fantastic. It's great. Well, there's a couple of things I need to inform you of tonight. The first one is, ladies, on the 6th of November, which is a Monday night, it's Keep Calm, it's Christmas. Actually, you come and tell about that because you'll do a better job. Okay, so you do need to get tickets for this. This is not tomorrow night, but the following Monday night, so we're only just over a week away. Uh, you need to get tickets. You can come see me if you like, or um, go to the office and get your tickets. Um, we have got a great night lined up with some great tips for Christmas. So one of them is, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Christmas Amuse Bouche. I know, you'll have to turn up to find out what that is, but I know that it involves food. And the other one is floral art, Christmas floral art. And also another one, we do have Kathy Strong in the house, who will be giving some do's and don'ts about Christmas to keep calm for Christmas. So that's gonna be a great night with the girls and a few boys that are gonna join us too. This Tuesday night, we need your help. This Tuesday night is the 31st of October, which is the night that we put on a light party for the community. So the light party is something we do together as a church to bless families and kids in our community. It's a great alternative to Halloween for them. This place will be transformed in here. It'll be packed out with hundreds and hundreds of little kids. And uh, we need your help either in here or you can help in the foyer with looking after parents in the cafe, making them feel welcome, etc. After this meeting finishes, you're able to sign up at the hub, which is in the foyer. And so that's this coming Tuesday. So we really need your help to make this work. It's a massive event when it happens. It's, it's a spectacular. And uh, we would love you to be part of that. So that would be really good. The other thing I'd like to let you know about so you can start to think who you're going to invite with you is how many of you here came to the pantomime last Christmas? A few of us, but not all of us. Huh? The pantomime is outstanding. And it's, uh, you know, it's some slapstick comedy. It's got a great message to it. This year, it's all new. And uh, it starts on the 15th of December. Now, I think, uh, I can't remember, actually, if we're doing it three or four nights. Three nights, and there's also two days that it's happening. And so you need to start to think about who you're going to invite to come to the pantomime this Christmas. It will be outstanding. The quality of it is out, like, it is top class. It is really, really good. And uh, you can bring anybody and everybody. You will not be disappointed. You will not be embarrassed. It will be outstanding. So start to think about that. That will be really good. Well, tonight, and if the hosts could ready themselves, we're going to receive an offering. Hopefully you read about it in the uh, Activate News during the week. 
uh, or you've heard about it, we're going to receive tonight our CIA offering. So CIA is Church in Action. And what we do every year is we receive an offering at this time of the year, and it is specifically for the purpose of helping people within our faith community who run into difficulties during the year. And it, it, there's all sorts of things that could happen. They might find themselves without a place to live. We might be able to assist with that. They might find themselves without food. We may be able to assist with that. Or uh, someone may get sick in the house or something, and we can tidy up their yards. All sorts of things. There's lots of ways we can help. And um, we do that through the CIA offering. And so we're going to receive that in just a moment. And can I ask you to sow generously into it? This is a really great, practical way that we can help the people we're doing life with. And uh, you never know when it's you that might need it. Because stuff happens in life. And that's what this offering's all about. It's when stuff happens. As a church family, we're well equipped to be able to step in and go, look, we can help you with that need. We can help you get through this time. So let me pray, and then we're going to receive that offering. Father, I thank you that you've given us the ability to be able to sow into the work that you're doing. And I thank you, Father, that uh, you've given us the ability to sow in a way that we can bless one another, that we can love one another when those around us are facing a tough time or a tough situation. So tonight, Lord, I ask that as we give, your blessing would rest on every giver in Jesus' name. And I also ask that as this is offering is distributed throughout the year to those in need, that they would sense more than just an offering, they would sense the love and the concern of their church family and that we would be able to bless people when they're most in need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Appreciate you sowing into that. Well, thanks, guys. doing is called Do It Again. Sorry, my voice is slightly gone today. Um, and what I love about this song is that I feel like it really it captures the idea that God never gives up on us, therefore we should never give up on God to come through for us in any situation that we're in, which is beautiful. It is the best thing because no matter where you are in your life you've always got somebody to lean on even if it doesn't look like he's there I, I love that it's great so if you'd stand with me we're going to sing this together I thought by now they'd 
sure how you've come in this place tonight, but everything you need in your world flows out of Jesus. John 15 tells us that we're to stay connected to the vine, the vine's Jesus. Everything flows out of Jesus. Tonight, whether you need healing in your body, maybe peace in your mind, stillness, in your soul, maybe you need some ideas to solve some problems, provision, may be lacking everything is found in Jesus for a moment can I encourage you to reach to him if you need healing in your body reach out Lord I need healing in my body I need solutions peace hope
by faith, why don't you start to thank Him? It's for the areas that you've submitted to Him. Start to give Him thanks for that provision. Give Him thanks for that peace. Give Him, whether you can feel it yet or not, give Him thanks for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that all things come from you. Thank you that you are our peace. Bible in the book of Proverbs talks about wisdom. Talks about wisdom as she. And uh, the Bible tells us that she is good and that we all need her in our worlds. It also tells us that if we are in need of wisdom, we only need to ask. And God will provide wisdom for us. He's the source of all wisdom. It also tells us that there is great counsel amongst many when we're lacking on wisdom, it says to ask, go and ask somebody wise, ask them for their uh, opinion, ask them to share some of the wisdom that they've been given on various thoughts. And tonight, it's a bit like that. We've had our Healthy Me series, Body, Soul, Spirit. Tonight, we've got the last one, and we thought it would be really good to do it on finance. Because finance is an area that affects all of our lives. And I believe tonight there's going to be some pennies dropped for people, and it might be spiritually, it might be practically, but I really encourage you to listen tonight because the longer I live, the more I uh, have to do with people, the more I realize most people don't understand finances, and their finances control them. Money's not supposed to control you. You're supposed to control money. Money is simply a tool like any other tool. Yet money controls many people, and it's because the approach to finance is wrong. And so tonight I'm praying that there's going to be some changing of thinking, that uh, maybe even some fear around finance will break off your life in Jesus' name. So tonight we have two gifted men to come and share with us. We've got Pastor Ray Pickett. He's just a wonderful man. And I've, I've got the privilege of, of working with Ray day in and day out. And, and he's, let me tell you, he's wise around finance. I know this from experience. So it's good. So I'd pay attention. And we've also got tonight Jared Wilson, who's a young man who's doing very well for himself in life in every area, not just finance, but finance is important. And um, so these two together are going to put some combined wisdom. And why don't you come? And we're going to learn. So give them one more big hand as they come. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you so much, Jared. Come up and join me. Great to see you this evening. You're doing well? Hey, thank you, Ben. I really enjoyed those uh, slides, Tyler. Good stuff, guys. Wonderful. Wow. Well, as Pastor Sheridan said, we've been looking at Healthy Me. We've looked at Healthy Me and our body and our soul and our spirit. And this evening we have the privilege of looking at finances. 
and Jared and I are going to be tag teaming. And so we're going to be starting off and looking at some stats about the state of finances in New Zealand. Then we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about finances. And then we're going to wrap it all up about how we can apply it to ourselves. So who's ready for a great ride? Are you ready for this? I can tell you right now, this is going to be good. Okay? And I'm not just saying that because I'm saying, I really do believe this is going to be good for you. And here's the thing. In New Zealand and other churches in the West, we're very good at taking head knowledge, but we're not so good at following and obeying what the Scriptures say. And today, I want to encourage us to move out of the place of just having head knowledge, which is a good thing, but move us into heart knowledge that we follow and obey the principles that God outlines around finances. Sounds good? Should we pray? I'm going to ask Jared to pray. Yeah, thank you so much for tonight, uh, Lord, and um, we just want to commit this time to you. Uh, Father, I pray that it would be um, insightful, Lord, that um, your will would be, um, would be done here tonight, and uh, yeah, learn something and have fun. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jared. I'll call you up shortly. Sweet. Okay. That was a good prayer. Let's give him a hand for that prayer. I really enjoy that. You know, it's commonplace for people to say... And maybe you say this, I don't have enough money. Um, I don't have enough money to buy a new pair of shoes or an iPhone or an iPad or some really uh, trendy Ray-Ban sunglasses or a car. The list goes on and on and on. And I guess we all know what that's like. And some of us can say, not only do I not have enough money to buy, I don't have enough money to pay. I don't have enough money to pay the Powerball this month. I don't have enough money to get the gas in my car or pay the university or school fees or pay for the rent or pay for the groceries or pay the credit card bill. So what does this cause? It causes anxiety, it causes stress, it causes despair. And worse than not having enough money to buy the wants in my life is not having enough money to buy the needs. And Larry Burkett is a well-known uh, author on finances, and he says money problems are not the problem. They are a symptom of a problem. And to this end, the Bible is full of godly wisdom on how to manage or steward our finances so that we're in a healthy space and a healthy place. You don't have to be a millionaire to live financially independently. And so this evening, we're going to be looking at some the four laws of financial freedom. I'm going to touch a little bit more on that as we go through. But it's a wonderful story of a lady called Mary Sessions. She's in this state. She works for the IRS, which our equivalent is the IRD. And she sees lots and lots of people's financial records. And she goes on to say that I've seen people earning $20,000 a year. Although they're not rich, although they don't have a lot of assets, they're living financially independently. But she goes on also to say that she sees people that earn $200,000 a year that are in all sorts of financial strife. And so this evening is about building healthy beliefs based on the Bible about our finances and applying these. Matthew 7, if you have your Bibles, turn open there. Matthew 7, 24 to 27 says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that, against that house, 
It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, Jesus says. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So my question to you this evening is, what house are you building? And particular, what type of financial house are you building? Jesus says, if we are wise, we'll build it on the rock, the solid foundation. And the scriptures are full of the right foundation and the right building materials to build on. I don't know what your view is, but when I was young growing up in the church, to be poor was considered something virtuous, a good thing. And I don't quite know how I came to absorb this view, but it seemed to be that if you wanted to be um, doing well in your faith, you had to have no money. And as I've gone on in my faith, I'm going, that is not true. But somehow I absorbed it. But as you look at the scriptures, it's not a matter of whether you have very little money or millions of dollars of money. What is important? Who has your heart? Does the money have your heart? Or does God have your heart? And that's a key for us tonight. Who has your heart? Does your money have your heart? Or does God have your heart? And it doesn't matter how much money you have, it's an issue of the heart. Today, I don't think the issue so much is whether Christians can be rich and poor, but I do hear a few things swirling around in the conversations about the prosperity gospel. God doesn't want us to prosper. We can't have the prosperity gospel. <clears throat> Can I say to you, if anybody promotes the gospel for their own financial gains, that is not for the glory of God. That is not good. But God wants you to prosper. Here's the first thing He wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper in relationship with Him. He wants you to prosper in relationship with others, with your spouse, with your family. He wants us to prosper in our relationships with one another here. He wants us to prosper in our workplace. God wants you to prosper. And He wants you to prosper in your finances too when you follow the biblical um, outlines that we're going to look at this evening. So isn't that cool? And do you know, just as there's um, laws or universal laws, so there's laws about relationships, there's laws about finances. I'm so pleased that the universal laws are consistent. Just imagine if gravity said, um, I, I'm just not going to be around on Thursdays. So we're enjoying gravity now, and, and Thursday comes, and gravity says, I'm just not here. And we just float around the place and bang into one another like those astronauts do when they're just floating around because there's no gravity. But praise God that we do have a universal law. It's called gravity. And the thing about this law is it's consistent. It's always there. Whether it's Thursdays, you don't have to worry about going to bed tonight. I can guarantee you'll wake up in the morning and gravity will still be working for you. Well, it's the same thing about finances. There are financial laws that always apply. And if you follow them, you'll reap the blessing of them. If you ignore them, you'll reap the consequences of that. And so we're going to look at these laws this evening. So I'm going to call up Jared now, and he's going to give us a few stats. So we're going to look at some stats. We're going to look at the biblical perspective. So let's give it up for Jared again as he shares some stats with us. Kia ora. 
You just got a few stats for you, the stat man here. Um, so I guess first I wanted to look at, for New Zealand, um, how do we compare to the rest of the world as far as like just kind of average incomes and that kind of stuff? So um, is it, oh, chair. Uh, so New Zealand, the average household income is 98,000. Um, Australia, 83, US, 104. And then the world average is um, 14,000. It's quite a lot less, eh? And so you kind of think, you know, Ray was talking about um, how, how there was this idea of, you know, poor was being, was okay. Um, I think most people in New Zealand, by this, you know, you're, you're very wealthy, very wealthy. Um, next slide. So the, the average income of New Zealand, and if, it, if you take that minus their expenses um, with no dependents, a person like that is in the top 5% richest people in the world. Like, as far as 5%. It's, it's just, it's crazy to think that, um, you know, in New Zealand, the, you know, we've got some stuff going on, but when you look at it, against everyone else, man, we do so well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all the stats I've got now, Ray, but um, I've got a few later on that I might might come to, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good ones later on, so just hold out for those. Let's give it up for the stat man. I really like stats too. So if you've got your device, which you can take some notes on, I would really encourage you to do that because now we're going to look at the Scripture uh, and what the Scriptures say about finances. And there's six laws, just like the laws of gravity, and um, that these apply whether or not you apply them to your life or not. These are reality statements. So we're going to look at them and we're going to work through them. So let's go to the next slide. So here's the first thing that I want to share with you this evening. Law number one, God is my source, my source of money. It is not your employer. Uh, it is not your savings account. It's not your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It's not your parents, although sometimes we feel it is. God is the source of everything. He is the source of my finances. And the reason why God is our source is because wherever your source is, there where, that is where you place your security. And if you place your security in your salary, you place your security in your job, that thing can be taken from you. But when you place your security in God, that never can be taken from you. He is always for you, and with you. So God is both our source and our security. Let's have the next slide. This is what Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And here's the thing. When people are producing wealth, God gives us that capacity for some. Some seem to have that ability maybe more than others, but it doesn't really matter. The thing that can happen is people can think, I've done this myself. This is my skill. This is my ability. But the truth of it is, it's a gift from God. And God is the source of it all. 
just as we were singing, Jesus is the source of it all. Let's go to the next slide, slide uh, Psalm 50, verse 9 and 11. I have no need of a bull from the stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, and the insects in the fields are mine. The spiders, the wetters, they all belong to the Lord. The cattle on a thousand hills. The Lord is the source of it all. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, here's the first law, God is my source. God is my source. And so this is the take-home point. This is the most important law where you build the laws of financial freedom on. God is your source. That's law number one. It's the foundation for looking at finances from a biblical perspective. It's the rock that we build on. God is our source, not our salaries, not our parents, not our partners. It's God. Law number two. Put the slide up, thanks. Honor God first. If you want to have a great relationship, honor God in it. If you want to have a great workplace, honor God in it. You want to have a great career, honor God first in your career. If you want your finances to prosper, Honor God first with your finances. Isn't that true? We need to honor the Lord first in our finances. If you want God to bless you stu your studies, put Him first in your studies. If you want God to bless your time, put Him first in your time. And it's called the principle of tithing. And the word tithe means tenth. And in Scripture, there are two numbers that mean test. The first number that means test is the number 10 or 10th, and the other number is 40, 40 years in the wilderness. And here's the thing, God tests us on a tithe. You know, the scriptures only say this once. In fact, before I pop there, well, I just want to read another scripture. If you can go there first, thanks, Linda. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Isn't that amazing? Here's the thing, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then, this is what's going to happen. Your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Isn't that amazing? God wants to bless you. He absolutely does. What, it's a conditional blessing. What's it conditional on? Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first. It's the first thing you do. It's honoring God with your finances. Malachi 3 talks about bringing in the tithe into the storehouse. And it's the only time in Scripture where the Lord says, test me in this. Test me, bring in the tithe, bring in the tenth, and I will pour out a blessing on you. I will open the storehouses of heaven. And here's the thing. God is inviting us to test him, but he's also testing us. Where does our trust lie? Does it lie in that God is my source, or am I putting the security in the money that's in my bank account? I'll tell you a story. This is a true story. When I first met Wendy, she was earning $55 a week. She's a big earner, eh? $55 a week. $2,500 a year. How would you like to live on that now? $2,500 a year. 
And I, I used to, I, dare I say this, at my shame, I used to mock her a little because she would have an envelope, a brown envelope, like in the back of your seat, and she would take it to church and she would write on it, Wendy Trail. That was her maiden name, Wendy Trail. $5.50. And I'm going, what are you doing that for? She said, this is my tithe. What's a tithe? Never heard of it before. I'd never heard of it in my church background. This is what I give to the Lord. I'm honoring the Lord with the first fruits of my pay. And I thought, Wow. And your mum taught you to do that? And I've never known Wendy not to tithe. That is the honest truth. She's always honoring the Lord with the first fruits of her income. The very first dollar that she gives, it's not to me. It's not buying me some nice shoes or taking me out for a nice meal. She's giving it to the Lord. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. So let's give it up for Wendy as she gives... And I, I've noticed that her heart is generous and her heart is kind because rather than being attached to her finances, she's going, Lord, I'm attaching my heart to you. And every time I get paid, you are testing me. And I'm responding to the test by giving to you. And the Lord says, you test me too because every time you give to me, I have promised, I have promised to pour an open heaven over you. Now, does this happen straight away? It may not. God doesn't say when it will happen. When I first started tithing, after following Wendy's example, I would call myself a spluttering tither. I used to think I couldn't afford to give. Who knows what that feels like? I couldn't afford to give. That's how I honestly felt. And so I would tithe sometimes, and I'd go, can't afford it this week, and I would miss and then one night I had a dream, and the Lord was in my dream, and a pastor from our church at the time prophesied over me, the scriptures of Malachi 3, bring in the whole tithe. And I saw myself holding this gravel, uh, this shovel, trying to shift this gravel, I think it was gold actually, and behind me was this big payloader, and Jesus was sitting in it, wanting to dump this big load of gold into my lap, so to speak, but it was tipping like this. It wouldn't go down, and it was, he was waiting for me to shift my little shovel. And then all of this stuff would pour in. But, and I thought in my dream, what a stupid thing I've been doing, not giving, because I'm stopping this bucket being poured into my life. You better get giving, Ray. I thought to myself, just as I was dreaming this, the phone went about 2 o'clock in the morning. I was running a factory, and somebody phoned up with the most stupid request. Do you know where the spanner is? I felt like picking up a spanner, wrapping it around his head. I said, you can wait till the morning. I'm not going to come in and tell you where the spanner is. And do you know when you have a really good dream and you want to get back into your dream? I couldn't get back into it. It was gone. It evaporated. So beside my bed was my Bible. And I picked it up and I opened it up. And it opened to Malachi chapter 3, bring in the tithe. And I thought, oh my dear, God, you're speaking to me. So I went back to sleep, had a good sleep after that. And then I came into work the, that morning, where is that spanner? Where is that guy? 
I'm after him. Uh, no, not really. And, uh, but I thought I'm going to open my Bible and see where it opens up, because I just opened my Bible that, that night at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it opened up to Malachi 3. Well, I opened my Bible once. I opened it five times, 10 times, 15, at least 15 times. Not once, not once did it go to Malachi chapter 3. And I thought, Lord, you are talking to me. God was really after my heart. Was money going to hold my heart, or was God going to hold my heart? And that is the question. And I want to really encourage you, let's be a people that not only know this, but live this and apply it. The next slide, thank you. Deuteronomy 14.23b, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. That's what tithing is about. And the thing that we place value on our lives is our finances. And one of the things I've learned with finances, the very first dollar that I give anywhere, I give out as a tithe to the church. Tithing acknowledges the past. I'm giving thanks for the past. Acknowledges the present. Right now, I'm saying, God, you're number one in my life. And it also acknowledges the future. I'm putting my trust in God. Where do we tithe? We tithe in our local church house, our local church. Some people say they tithe to missionaries or another organization like World Vision. They're great organizations, but the scriptures don't say you tithe to those places. You tithe to your local church fellowship. And if that's here, that's where the tithe is brought into. Our tithe is worship to God. How often should we give? According to 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. This is talking of the Apostle Paul. Paul. And so I want to encourage you to give, to tithe. If you're not, Pastor Nick used to say, I think this is quite good. If you're unsure, you begin tithing. If you can't come and pay, if you can't pay your bills, come and see me and I'll pay them for you. And I don't think he had anybody ever come and say, pay my bills. Because God proved himself faithful. We not only have the privilege of giving tithes, we also have the privilege of giving offerings. And I want to share this story with you. This was in Rome in 257, 258 AD. So 1600, 1700 years ago. This is in Rome, and there were seven deacons, and one of the deacons was named St. Lawrence. And at the time in Rome, the church was under a lot of persecution. And the church was supporting over 1,500 widows and orphans at the time. And uh, the news came to one of these deacons, St. Lawrence, that the officials in the city were after the funds that the church had. The church had accumulated quite a bit of wealth, and they were after this money. He heard about it, and so what he decided to do, he said, get all the money and give it to all the people. Give it all to the widows and all to the, all to the children. And the next day or so, the city official came to him and said, Brother Lawrence, I want the church money. And he said, I'll have to show you where the treasure is. So he got everybody in the church to stand up. And he said to the official, there is all the treasure. <laughs> Which the official didn't take that too well. And Brother Lawrence lost his head. Oh, 
but he placed this treasure where it really mattered in the lives of people. So next, sli- uh, uh, next law, next slide, thank you, is save your money faithfully. So we've got, <clears throat> first of all, God is my source. Secondly, honor God first. And then thirdly, save money faithfully. Do you know God wants you to save money? He expects you to save money. He doesn't want you to put security in your money, but he wants you to have money so you can be blessed to be a blessing to others. Here's the great thing about saving money. Rather than you working for money, money begins to work for you. You go to bed at night, interest is tripping over, and your money is increasing because you are saving. Let's go to the next slide. The wise man, Proverbs 21.20, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. There's the wisdom of Solomon. And so I want to really encourage you to save. Wendy is an outstanding saver. She is, it's true. She has these accounts, savings accounts, Wendy's budget account. And she regularly puts money away. And so I want to encourage you tonight, if you have online banking, why don't you separate up up an account if you don't already have this? It's not about the amount, but have money automatically going over every week or every fortnight or every month, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter how much it is, but be consistent in it and begin to save. Years and years ago, many years ago when our children were young, Wendy and I were struggling to make our finances meet. We had a mortgage. We had four young children. There was lots of costs. And I don't think you were working at the time. I don't think so. Anyway, we decided we were going to save. Scripture like this, a wise man saves for the future. So I think we put $20 a week, or it may have been 15 I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And our target was to get to $1,000. Do you know, it took forever. It may have taken over a year to get there. But when we got there, we had a celebration. Yeah, we've saved $1,000. We didn't go out and spend it. That was tempting, but we didn't. And then another period of time goes by, and it's increased to 2000 Then another period by, and it increases to go up and up and up. And it starts off little by little. Jared's got a slide to show about that a little bit later on. Here's the thing about saving. Some of you are thinking right now, I can't do that. I want to tell you that's a lie you're saying to yourself. Because here's the thing. The average Japanese person saves 25% of their salary every week. In Europe, depending on which country you're in, it's between 10 and 18%. I've heard in some places in China, they save up to 35%. Do you know what the average American saves a year? Minus 1%. Yeah, minus 1%. We're going to look at some of the Kiwi savings. They're not too flash either, are they, Jared? So I believe this thing is all about mindset. We live in a consumer age that we're always wanting to buy things and spend things. But if the Japanese can save 25%, if the Europeans can save up to 18%, and the Chinese save similar, if not more, figures, 
What about you? What about me? It's a good challenge, isn't it? Here's the thing. You need to think about saving, when, particularly when you're young, because retirement approaches very quickly. Let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> so if you've got funds or you've got money, but uh, here it is, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 2, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. This is another pearl of wisdom. Who's heard, don't put all your eggs in one basket? It's a common saying. Solomon said the same thing 3,000 years ago. What he's saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Divide your investments. In some versions, like the uh, NIV or the English Standard Version, it says, divide your investments into seven places or up to eight. And I did some research on, on this. Um, financial experts say the best way to divide your funds is up to seven to eight different areas, which might be some money in some property, some money in some shares, some money in some long-term investments or so forth. I thought that was really interesting. And once again, there it is in, in Scripture. Next slide, thanks. Proverbs 24, 27, develop your business first before building your house. In other words, what Solomon is saying here, make sure you have your priorities in the right order. Save and reinvest so you've got the means to continue to grow and develop finances. Next slide, thanks. Money that comes easy disappears quickly, but money that is gathered little by little will grow. I remember when I was um, about 15 or 16, I went to my cousin's place, and the neighbor came rushing, rushing in with great celebration. Uh, um, this was a few years ago now, but um, they had won $100,000, a lot of money. It's probably worth about I don't know, a million today. It seemed truckloads of money. Within two years, they lost it all, lost their house, and their marriage broke up. And that's not the only one. There's many stats where people come into big amounts of money, lose it over three or four years, and have you know, really sad consequences in their family. So what the Scripture is saying, money that comes easily, in other words, where the capacity is not to develop to handle it, it is lost easily. But money that is gathered little by little will grow. So here's my challenge to you. What are you going to do this evening, this week, when you leave from here, if you're not gathering money little by little? What are you going to do to gather money little by little? Put inside money every week or every month. Next law. Keep good financial records. So the first law is God is my source. The second, honor God first. The third, save money faithfully. And the fourth, keep good records. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40 says, Be sure that everything is done properly and in order. You know, you need to know where our finances or where your finances are going. Because sometimes who finds they run out of finances before the week or the month ends? It's very easy to be in that place. And as I mentioned earlier on, the story about Mary Sessions, uh, it's a wonderful story. It's called The Four Laws of Financial Freedom. And there is this guy who, they can't pay their mortgage payments. They've got five or six credit cards. They're all maxed out. It's Christmas, uh, um, coming up to Christmas, about the 20th of December. And this guy is just exas exasperated because his wife keeps spending money. 
And she goes out and buys a Christmas tree. And she tries and conceals the uh, receipt for it, and he finds it. So these guys are really struggling, and she's just spent $600 on a new Christmas tree. This is 2 o'clock in the morning, I think it is, when he finds this. He is furious. He's got steam out of his ears and fire out of his mouth. And uh, he's saying things he shouldn't be saying. But he finds this tree, and he goes into his garage and finds an axe. Goes out into the front lawn in the early hours of the morning, absolutely exasperated, and begins to just chop up the $600 Christmas tree. He's absolutely at his wit's end. And then he looks down the road and he sees there's a light on in this house at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's his neighbor. Her name is Mary Sessions. And he knocks on the door and he asks, can I have $10,000? And he goes, oh, no, I need twenty. And she says to him, you've got no idea how much money you want. You better come in and we're going to play a game of chess. And she says, you play chess with me and I'm going to teach you four laws of financial freedom. And here's the first one. You need to track what you're spending keeping good records. Where does the money go? The second one, she said, you need to target, which is budgeting. The third one is trimming. And the fourth one is training. Next slide, thanks. So the first law, or the fifth law is plan your spending. So we've looked at, first is God is my source, honor God first. Faithfully uh, save money faithfully, keep good records, and plan your spending. Next slide, thanks. The plans of hardworking people earn a profit, but those who act too quickly become poor. This is all about setting a budget. Jared's going to talk a little bit about this at the very end, so I'm not going to say too much more about it right now. And finally, the last law is enjoy what you have. Not to look over the neighbor's fence and go, his car is bigger, his boat is flasher. This is what Ecclesiastes 9, 5, sorry, 5.19 says. God gives some people the ability to enjoy the wealth and property he gives them, as well as the ability to accept their state in life and enjoy their work who act too quickly become poor. Sorry, that part shouldn't be there. That's a mistake. So it gives the ability to accept their state in life and enjoy their work. Wherever we're at, God wants us to enjoy it. Whether your bank balance has a lot or not so much. It's a gift to be able to enjoy what God has for you. And I've found in my own experience, the key to finding enjoyment with what we have is to be grateful to be thankful. Lord, I thank you for what you've given. I call this reflective giving, reflective thanksgiving, looking back over what God has placed in my hand and our hands and being thankful for it and learning to enjoy it and to be content. It takes time, but the exercise of doing it is well worth it. So here are the keys again, the laws. Thanks, next slide. God is my source. Honor God first, save money faithfully, keep good records, plan your spending, and enjoy what I have or you have. If you apply those laws, just like the law of gravity, 
you will reap the blessing of them. These laws do not change. They don't take a break on Thursdays or take a leap year off. They are consistent laws day in, day out that God has set down. And as we apply ourselves to them, not only have the head knowledge of them, but apply them, our lives will be changed over time. And it takes time, but our lives will be changed through the application of them. So my desire is that every one of you apply them. Jared's going to come. Let's give him a hand as he comes, and we're going to talk about a couple of applications. These are very practical applications that I think you'll find are helpful. Cheers. Thanks, Ray. That was already, actually really good. Um, I hadn't heard those proverbs um, about um, mind blank, whatever that was. But no, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that, um, that, that some of those proverbs were talking about. I, I've read a few a few books about um, managing your finance and stuff, and and a lot of those speak on those same principles, um, those same principles there. So it's interesting, eh? How um, how we've all, yeah, they go back to the Bible. I don't know. It's probably just a coincidence. Anyway, go to the, the first slide. So um, we've kind of talked a little bit about savings. So we're, we're saving our money, um, but what are kind of the things that we can do with that? Um, some, so some good things to do are, um, one, you can put it into um, like a, a fixed-term deposit and for, in the bank. Um, you can invest into shares or, or property, um, which then will give you kind of like a, a return. So your money then starts making you money. That's the kind of concept. Um, or you can look at doing hedge fund, which is kind of just shares again, and then um, KiwiSaver. And um, Ray's going to talk on KiwiSaver a bit later. Um, but yeah, that's a really good scheme. That's a really good scheme, so um, look out for that one. Um, so next is, um, next slide, is actually some practical tips about why, how, how to manage some of these, y your finances. Um, doing a budget is, man, it's, it's really helped me. Um, but, but, but before you start looking at budget, it's actually to start looking at setting some goals. You know, what do you want to, um, what do you want to save for if it's, if it's for something, a luxury item, or if it's for, for your own home, or if it's for your kids maybe, or um, if it's for the next PS5 when that comes out, I don't know. Um, but also looking at uh, retirement. Now, young adults, we're probably going retirement, man, that's like three times my age away. It's ages away. I got some good stats on that in a moment. Let's look out for those. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, start to look, look at setting some goals. Being generous, actually, you know. How are we supposed to be generous if we don't know where our money's going, you know? We kind of have to be intentional with our, with our finance. Um, like Aaron was intentional with, you know, learning how to control his voice and learning how to play the guitar. Uh, you know, he's invested time into that. So must we invest time in our finances and actually manage where where the stuff is going. Um, so then that when it comes to the budget. What is your goal? 
what is your goal? And so then, then you can start looking at, well, what is not achieving that goal? Um, buying MACDs, maybe not achieving that goal all the time, you know, doing that every day, not so, not so cool. Um, you know, delaying, uh, it's this idea called delayed gratification. Um, so we say no to the things that we really want now because actually we're saying yes to the, the things that we, these are actually our, 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 our goals and our beliefs and, and what we want. Um, so we're saying yes to those instead of MACDs now or whatever. Um, so yeah, next slide. KiwiSaver stats. 2.3 million people were in KiwiSaver. And if you don't know what that is, maybe some of you may not know too much, but um, pretty much before you even get your pay, um, your employer will take some money from it, give it to KiwiSaver, and they'll also put some money towards it as well. So it creates this, it, it forces you to, 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 um, to save. So 2.3 million New Zealanders are in this, um, but only half of those are actually um, putting money into this regularly. I thought it was quite a scary stat. When it comes back to that stat that, uh, I liked that stat actually, right, about the New Zealand, oh, the American saving negative 1%. Man, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so regular small increments, or you know, regular small um, savings is, is the key. Just keep, make it, a, make it your priority. Um, yeah, the uh, the young the young folk aren't too good at the KiwiSaver thing just yet. Um, so I don't know if you're if you're young and you're getting a little bit of cash, then sign up for KiwiSaver. You just go talk to your bank and they'll they'll sort it out for you. Cool. Next uh, slide. Nothing. Oh, I thought there was one other, but okay. Um, I've got a few stats here then on the paper, so good thing I wrote them down. But it was just about um, saving. So I read this article, and they talked about um, what we needed to save for our retirement. So currently, you need 78,000 for when you retire to have the bare minimum. That's including your superannuation. Um, so that's no holidays, no, they talked about a, a, a basic diet. I don't really know what that constitutes just meat and potatoes. Um, I don't mind that, actually. Um, and then they talked about a, a frills lifestyle. So I guess that's traveling, um, maybe maintaining you know, your nicer house, and that's 400,000. So you need 400,000 to have a, a healthier lifestyle once you, once you retire. And so to just, to just reach that 78,000, you need to be saving $45 per week for 20 years, getting a 5% interest. So it seems quite a lot, 45 per week for 20 years. If you want to, for us young folk, so we've got 40, I think they said we've got about 47 years of working. So if we have 40 years of saving, we've only got to save $12 per week for 40 years at 5%. So you can kind of see how this small amount over a long period of time um, it really adds up and really beneficial. Um, so yeah, um, if you want to talk a bit more about budgeting, I'm happy to talk, I like, I like it. Um, so there's that. Um, there's also some good tools online um, 
that can help you out. And there's also budget link that are a part of this, you know, they're part of community link, part of this church. Um, so if you need any help, um, talk to them. Gail Taylor, I think, heads that up. Is that right? Yep. Um, so yeah, that's from me, Ray. Statman out. No. Way to go, Mr. Statman. <laughs> I like that steak and potato too. I'll join you any day for that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I just want to touch a little bit about Kiwi Saver. Um, so it's set up by the government, and currently what the government's doing, if you're not part of it, I strongly encourage you to do so. The thing to do is talk with your bank about it. Uh, the government will give uh, $520 per year at no cost to the person who's part of it, and then you make a contribution of a minimum of 3%, and your employer will also contribute that amount. The As those stats show that um, it is concerning that over a million people are not currently contributing to it because it will have ramifications in the future. But the average amount in KiwiSaver at the moment per person is $16,000. The person with the most amount of money has over $600,000 currently in KiwiSaver. So <clears throat> once again, it's that principle, little by little, it grows and builds. And if you are looking at buying a house, the funds can be used for that. I just want to also encourage you and give you some hope around buying a home. You know, a lot of young people I know, maybe some people are going, it's just out of reach, it's too difficult to do. When I was growing up in Palmerston North, there was a Dutch family that came into our city. There was three of them, three Dutch families. And they wanted to buy a farm. Not one of them could afford to buy it themselves, but this is what they did. The three families decided to live together, put their money together and buy a, a farm, as which they what they did. Once that was settled and going, they went and another two families moved into another farm. And then finally, in about 10 years, they each family had owned their own farm. And so it was just their mindset, their approach to it. Rather than thinking this is impossible, they found a solution. And the good thing is when you apply the financial laws that we've gone through tonight, God will bless you. It's just like the laws of relationships, the laws of gravity. God will keep his promise and prove to be faithful to you. It will happen. It might not happen overnight, but it will happen. God can be trusted and God is faithful. So God bless you. And I really look forward to hearing some stories as you go forward on this. I trust and my hope is that you just don't listen tonight, but you're like the, the wise builder that built his house on the rock that not only heard, but applied it and saw the blessing of God come through. So God bless you. Thank you very much, church. That was good, wasn't it? Really helpful. I reckon we should go to McDee's and talk about it. Not when you fellas listening. Muller. No. <laughs> Very good. That was excellent. Very good. Thank you. So true. So true. Well, next week, we start on another series. And it's going to be a three-week-long series, and the, our friends from Vision College are coming in to um, lead us through that. The title of the series is Counterculture. And I don't know what you think, but I am absolutely sure of this. The kingdom of God, kingdom culture, looks different, sounds different, 
behaves different to the world's culture. And there's some really gray, real grayness around that at the moment. But Jesus said, I want you to be a light on a hill, a light, a city, like a light on a hill. I want you to shine. You cannot shine. If I turn my torch on in the bright, you cannot even see it. But if I turn it on in the night, it creates a great light. And the kingdom of God sounds different, looks different, behaves different, does life differently. And so I've said to them, come in and challenge us and, and rock our worlds a little bit with that. So who knows what we'll get, but it's going to be really good. So it'll be fun, eh? Bring some people with you that need to hear that. That'll be great. Thank you for uh, being purposed in your giving. Remember, the giving stations are on the way out as you go. And um, as we finish tonight, I invite you, if you'd like any prayer around particularly finances, the whole area of finances tonight, why don't you come down the front at the end? Someone would love to stand with you in that. It would be really good. One other thing I'd like to ask of you tonight. We have the light party here on Tuesday night. So as we finish, I'm going to ask the band, oh, the rest of the band, if they want to come, to sing a song. But while they're singing a song, instead of us participating with them, I would like us to pick up a chair each and take it and put it in the corner. How's that? And so, so, so if that's too hard, I'm going to get Tyra to direct us because she was pretty scary at the start, eh? So that, <laughs> that went really good. So anyway, just before I do that, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the wisdom that's been shared tonight. I thank you that nothing's a mystery for you and you've put things in place and laws in place for us to follow. And so I ask that tonight would be more than just words that tickled our ears, that it would really settle in our hearts and that in years to come, Father, we would know what it is to be a prosperous people because we've followed your ways. And so I thank you for people of wisdom and people who are prepared to share about your ways around finance tonight. We honor them and we thank you, Lord, for wisdom in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare your blessing over every person tonight as we go into our weeks. Help us wherever we are and whenever we're there to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you like to jump to your feet and grab a chair? How's that? A little bit different. And we'll go that way in the corner. Youth all. Follow Gems and, and Nicole. Hello. All right. Open the eye. Oh. We can do whatever we want. This is really not. Hello. Huh? Hello. Yep. Yep. Yep.
so good to us. <laughs> you brought us from a mighty long way. That's why we love you. Come on.
Who knows how good he is? Lord, you are good. Yeah. 